want to share this with you as we get started. This is the truth. When we seek God in prayer, we'll never get the answers we want. I would be lying to you if I said that God has a plan for our future, that he's interested in our situation, that he's still involved in this world, that God is willing to move and powerful to act. But before anything, you must know Christians have no right to ask God for help. I'm convinced of this because I know many church people. We are faithless and don't believe in the power of prayer. I refuse to believe under any circumstances that the church could be a mighty force for generations to come through the power of prayer. This is what is real. You should know that I believe exactly the opposite. Continue to follow. This is what is real. Through the power of prayer, the church could be a mighty force for generations to come. I refuse to believe under any circumstances that we are faithless and don't believe in the power of prayer. And I'm convinced of this because I know many church people. Christians have no right to ask God for God's help, but before anything, you must know that God is willing to move and powerful to act, that he's still involved in this world, that he's interested in our situation. God has a plan for our future. I'd be lying to you if I said that we would never get the answers we want when we seek God in prayer. This is the truth. Maybe you got a little nervous when I first read it, but once you read it backwards and hear the real, real truth, everything changes. But what do you believe? In your heart of hearts, what do you believe about the truth of prayer? Brennan Manning tells a story about a lady who called him one day and invited him over to her house to meet with her father who was on this deathbed. Manning, being a pastor, agreed to come right over. He got over there. She opened the door and pointed back to her father's room. He made his way back there, and when he got there, sure enough, he saw her father lying on the bed, knowing he didn't have much time left. But there was an empty chair sitting next to the bed. So he said to the father, I, I see you were expecting me. The father said, I actually, I didn't know I was getting any guests today. Manning said, well, I'm a pastor and your daughter asked me to come over and meet with you for a few minutes. Is that okay? The man said, well, if you're a pastor, let me ask you a question. I've always believed in Jesus, but I've never really known how to pray. A number of years ago, a preacher, I asked a preacher how to pray and he gave me a book. I read it, but I didn't understand the book. After the first chapter, I just set it aside. For a long time, the man said, I didn't pray at all. But then a few years back, a Christian at my workplace where I work named Joe told me that prayer really wasn't that difficult. He said, you just set out an empty chair and you imagine that Jesus is sitting there and you tell him what you need. You tell him the desires of your heart and about life. And then you just sit, watch the empty chair, and listen for Jesus to speak to you. The man asked, is that okay? Is that an okay way to pray? Manning said, that's great. You just keep doing that. A week later, the man's daughter called Manning and said, I want you to know 
that my father passed away yesterday. Manning said, I'm sorry to hear that. I hope he went peacefully. Dada said, well, that's why I'm calling you. I want you to know how he died. Yesterday morning, I was on my way to the grocery store, and I stopped by his room to check on him, and he was fine. But when I got back from the grocery store, he had already passed. But I want you to tell him how, tell you, I want to tell you how I found him. He had gotten out of his bed, went over to the empty chair, and he died. He passed away with his head lying in the chair. I love that story because it speaks of the simplicity and the power of prayer. I think sometimes we make it more difficult than it is. We try to over-spiritualize it. We try to speak in church and ease or something to God. You know, we try to make it more complicated where God just says, be you. When you speak to me, be you. Brad always opens his prayers with, Hey, Dad. Hey, Dad. God wants that closeness. He wants us to be real with him. So you just go to him and pour out your heart. You say, God, this is what I'm asking of you. God, this is where I am. And the greatest message ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount, found in Matthew chapter 5 through 7. As we wrap up this series today on prayer, Jesus says, go ahead, ask him anything. Ask your heavenly Father anything you want. Matthew chapter 7, beginning with verse 7 through 11. Again, it's printed on your outline of belief. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And he who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Very simple, very practical this morning. When we talk about prayer, there are three things in that very first verse that Jesus invites us to do. The first is ask. Ask. Ask and you will receive. Jesus is saying, go ahead and ask the honest, tough questions. Questions like, where are you, God? Why is this happening in my family? God, can you really hear me? God, is there more to this life? God, who am I really? Questions that maybe we asked this past week. God, why would you let innocent soldiers die? Tell me, God, what's going on in this world right now? God, what's the deal with this virus that never ends? Go ahead. Ask him the tough questions. If you ever read through the book of Psalm, you notice that David did exactly that. I encourage you to read through Psalm 73. Just read it through it where David flat out says, God, I don't get this. <laughs> I mean, God, I'm trying my best. I'm trying to walk with you in life, but my life's falling apart. I look around and see all these people that don't really give a rip about you, yet they're getting richer, they're healthy, their bodies are strong. God, what's up with it? It's kind of a loose paraphrase, but he lets God have it. He says, ask God honest questions. Just go before him and say, God, I don't get it. And God will understand, 
God will listen. I remember it was probably now at least 20 years ago without putting a firm date on it. I was preaching in Ohio before, and we, God was moving. God was growing the church, and then something unbelievable happened um, within the church. You'll need to know what that is, but it absolutely tore my heart apart. And I would oftentimes go out to one of the church members' house who had a pond way in the back of their property. And there was a table back there. I'd drive my car all the way to the back of the farm, and I'd sit at that table, and I would prepare messages. That day, I can remember walking around that pond, just going, ah, no words, just screaming out to God. And you know what? God knew what it meant. No words. Didn't need any words. But God knew what it meant. Can I ask for forgiveness? 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. God says, just come before me. You say, God, I blew it here. I need your forgiveness here. Stuart Briscoe said when his kids were little, he taught them three kinds of prayers. Please prayers, thank you prayers, and I'm sorry prayers. Simple Please prayers, thank you prayers, and I'm sorry prayers. This is where the I'm sorry prayer comes in. Where you fall on your knees before God, alone in a solitude place, tears coming down your face, and thinking, God, I blew it here. I need you to forgive me. I need your love to sweep over me. And you'll receive it. You can ask for specific help. Psalms 37, 3 and 4 says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. And get this, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. That's key. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you your needs. It's where you then say, God, I want your wants to be my wants. I want my desires to be your desires. And all of a sudden, when his desires become our desires, our desires don't matter anymore. It's all rearranged. I love these children's prayers. Angela, age eight, prayed this. Dear God, could you please give my brother some brains? So far, he doesn't have any. (laughs) Debbie, age seven. Dear God, please send a new baby. The The baby you gave my mom last week cries way too much. Innocence, right? Lois, age nine. Dear God, please help me in school. I need help in spelling, adding, history, geography, writing. I don't need help in anything else, just those. And then I love this one. Susan prays, dear God, tomorrow's my birthday. Could you please put a rainbow in the sky? Dear God, tomorrow's my birthday. Could you please put a rainbow in the sky? Maybe that's why Jesus says that you and I ought to become like little children. When you actually go to God and you believe he could do it if he wanted to do it. I believe you could put a rainbow in the sky. Tomorrow's my birthday. How about it? 
How about it? Jesus says, ask. God gives generously to his kids. James tells us that in James 1.5. God gives generously to all without finding fault. He's just glad you showed up and asked. So you're having marital problems? Jesus says, ask God. Financial struggles? Ask. Not a clue what to do with your kids? Ask. Wrestling with an addiction that's stealing away your life? Ask. Grieving like you've never grieved before? Ask. Depressed? Ask. Health problems? Ask. Need wisdom? Ask. Need peace in your life? Ask. Need some direction in your life? Ask. And you keep on asking. You keep on asking, Jesus says. You picked up post-it notes. And I want you to grab one of those in your pen, and hopefully your pen works. If not, I apologize. But on that, the first one, I just want you to write a tough question, a prayer question to God. Maybe it's about your life. Maybe it's about something that's been on your heart this week. Maybe it's about somebody else, a family member. But write a, a prayer, a question, prayer to God. Go ahead and hang on to that. Do that right now. Jesus says, ask and you'll receive. Then he says, seek and you will find. Seek and you will find. I'm not much of a science fiction kind of guy. I'm not much into science fiction movies and all the many of the movies that are out today. I'd rather go watch uh, a cartoon movie with the grandkids than some sci-fi movie that I can't relate to. Used to try to watch The X-Files. Weirdest show I've ever seen in my life. I still don't get it. But I did catch the theme of the X-Files. And it is, there's truth out there. The truth is out there somewhere. And a lot of people are searching for truth, seeking for truth. Let me point you to some passages, and they're listed on your outline that you can share with others, maybe, or yourself, as you seek truth or as you direct others towards truth. Amos 5.9 speaks about truth, and this is God speaking. He simply says, seek me, seek me, and live. You can seek all different kinds of things, but God says, seek me, and you'll live. David says to all worshipers in Psalms 105, 1 through 4, give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known among the nations what he's done, sing to him, praise, sing praise to him. Tell about his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. And while you're doing it, look to the Lord in his strength and seek his face always. In other words, rowing, running low on strength, seek the Lord's face. Running low on ambition, seek the Lord's face. Seeking him gives us that strength and points us to the truth. Jeremiah 29 11 through 13, many know this verse. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me 
and I will listen. And catch this. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And why? Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And he does. He cares enough to respond to you. He cares enough to listen to you. God loves it when his children seek truth. God loves that. He loves nothing more than, nothing pleases his, him more than to see his children, his kids, seeking truth in their lives. So he would say, seek the Lord and live. Seek the Lord and find hope. Seek the Lord and find contentment. Seek the Lord and find security. That's where it lies. God says, seek me and you will live. So now what I want you to do is take another posted note. You know you'd be so active today. But the best way to learn prayer is to do prayer, all right, is to pray. So I want you to write another prayer. Maybe you're seeking truth in your life. Maybe you're here today, somebody invited you, and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus yet. You're seeking truth. Man, I'm glad you're here. Write a prayer. God, how can I get to know you more? Maybe you're seeking the meaning of life, seeking wisdom, seeking peace. I don't know, but all of us are seeking something and write a prayer to God on that post-it note towards that. You do that now. Jesus says, ask and you will what? Receive. He says, seek and you will find. Then he says, knock and the door will be open to you. Knock and the door will be open to you. Now, I got to pause here just for a second because something's blowing me away. This is off script, all right? Remember I said a little girl prayed, God, could you put a rainbow in the sky? Those of you that can see it, look that direction. It is so awesome. Up in the sky. Isn't that cool? You see the moon? If you can, you got to use your glasses. You probably can't see it because of the tree. How many of you see it? Isn't that awesome? Just a side note. Uh, I just love, the, I love being out here in the wonder of God's creation, and that's just an extra measure of it right there. And he says, knock, and the door will be open. Anybody ever have a, do, a boss that had an open door policy? Nobody? <laughs> Maybe two people, three? All right. My dad used to have a circle sign on his little room in the house when we were growing up. It was kind of his space, his office. And on that little face, on one side of it, it had a smiley face. On the other side of it, you flip it around, it had a frown, a frown face. And I knew that if he was working midnight shift at the mill, he worked in Weirton Steel all of his life. But if he was working midnight shift in the, in the mill, I knew if he had that frowny face showing and his office door was closed, it wasn't the time to ask for a, a raise in your, you know, the money you were getting, right? 
bad news. You didn't go in there. But if the face was smiley, you just walk in, you go in there, and you can pretty much ask anything you want, and he's probably going to make it happen. You know what's cool with God? The creator of the universe, his door always has a smiley face on it. The creator of the universe's door is always open. In fact, he's saying, go ahead, come on in. I was expecting you. I was hoping to hear from you. I was hoping to hear the knock on the door. Doors open. I've been waiting for you. His door's always open for you. The big question is, is your heart always open for him? Is your heart always open? Jesus said in Revelation 3.20, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. Anyone who hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Jesus' desire is to spend time with you, to enter into your life, enter into your heart, clean it up, sweep away sin, the sin that separates you from God, sweep away darkness, sweep away confusion, and even sweep away the fear of dying. Because Jesus desires nothing more than you knowing that you have the hope of eternal life when you die. And you will spend eternity in his presence. He is forever knocking on our heart's door. What I want you to do with the last post-it note, one more, is I want you to write the name of someone that you are praying for, that their heart would open and they would let Jesus come in. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's a family member. But just write their name down as a prayer. I've shared with you the past two weeks on September 12th, we will enter into what's called Awaken. We did it last year. This year's a little bit different as a church and with about 14 other churches across Medina County that we've invited to join us. We're gonna be praying over 10 names, 10 names that you can receive when you register. The website is on, I believe, the song sheet this week. It's pretty easy, just go on there, sign up, and you'll be given 10 names to pray over, random names, people that you don't know, um, and you'll just be praying for them. There's a, you can fast if you want to, and there's a lot of different ways to fast. All that information, the prayer guide, fasting information is all on that website. It's as simple as can be. We encourage you to do that, to get 10 names and focus on those uh, in the coming weeks. And you can register when you go home today. It's, it's wide open for that. Throughout time, God has proven that he is big enough and he's also small enough to handle anything. Big enough to handle the biggest of problems, small enough to be intimate with us and hold us close. So I want you to know that whatever prayer you wrote down, God heard it. God heard it. And God's in the process of answering it the way he desires. But again, the key is that our desires would be his desires 
when our desires become his desires, then we follow God's path in our life. I was going to have you come and put those sticky notes on the, the containers on the sides, but it's so humid, the only thing that would stick to those is me, all right? Um, so there's little containers up here, little like the offering basket containers. We're going to sing, and it's an act of worship. I just want us to bring those prayers up, bring them up and place them in these baskets as we worship together. Before we do that, I'm going to say a prayer, and then uh, the worship team's going to begin singing, and you can just walk forward as you're ready and place those prayers in the little containers on the sides. God, we thank you. God, we praise you for the power of prayer. God, that right now as we offer these prayers up to you, and in a sense, God, bring them to you. God, we know you're listening. God, we know your door's always open. God, this is just a way of us opening up our heart to you. That your desires would become our desires. Accept our worship, God. Hear our communication with you right now. In Jesus' name.